Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the UFDA podcast. My name is Emily O'Connor, and this week I am coming to you solo. If you're a listener of the podcast, you'll know uh, that intro might have been just as strange for you as it was for me. It's the first time I've actually kicked off an introduction to the podcast. Usually Jordan kicks them off. But this week, you just have me on the mic. We are going to be talking about something that influences every single aspect of our lives and is often overlooked throughout the course of bigger things. We lose the forest through the trees, if we will. And we've touched on this a little bit in January, I believe. We had an episode titled The Number One Thing Holding You Back from Achieving Your Goals. And we touched on how that thing is you, right? We tend to hold ourselves back because of a number of reasons, right? But a lot of times we often get in our own way of changing the things that we need to change in order to see our new future or those results that we want to see. Today, we are diving into one specific thing that you can change that will make a massive difference in every area of your life. And you might be cued into this just from reading the title, but that is the power of your words, right? The words that we use on a daily basis quite literally shape our identity as a person, our actions we take, the beliefs we hold. Every area of our life can be influenced by the words that we use. And these can be words both to yourself. These can be words to other people, right? They are quite literally a currency. They matter so much more than oftentimes we give them credit for. They can influence the imagination, feelings, emotions, breathing, physiological effects, right? We've touched on stress and sleep prayer episodes. All of our words can have manifestations that are physiological in nature, right? We can increase our heart rate. Our blood pressure can rise. We can talk or think ourselves into a more stressed state just based on the words that we use. They can influence our posture, right? Our posture is very much shaped by how we're thinking, how we are feeling, right? And the words are really the kickoff point to that, right? When we, we're going to create a little cycle here, so kind of bear with me. As we string words together, they then create stories, right? And these stories can be fiction, they can be nonfiction, right? Uh, Obviously, stories in a book, but also they start to tell a tale. It's how we communicate. These stories, again, whether fiction, nonfiction, true or false, then start to create, we form beliefs around them, right? We start to feel, we start to believe certain things about ourselves, about others, etc., the world around us. These beliefs then drive behavior, 
or actions, right? The actions we take based on the beliefs that we have, the beliefs that we hold. And again, based on stories that we've told ourselves that started out as just miscellaneous words. This behavior then creates our identity. We start believing things about ourselves. We start to identify with certain aspects of personality traits, of actions and behaviors that we take throughout the day. And I'm going to use an analogy here as I complete my cycle. And this identity then influences the words we use, right? So words, stories, stories to beliefs, beliefs to behavior, behavior identity, identity cycles back to words. And it's a constant cycle that builds on itself. To use a workout analogy, I'm going to start kind of in the middle of our cycle, right? And with an identity or a belief that you might hold, one that I hold, actually, that I am not a afternoon workout person, right? I have probably, if you've heard me say this, you would probably not be alone, but I I do not like working out in the afternoon. I don't like working out at night. I am not a afternoon workout person. That's a belief, right? That belief or that identity, wherever we want to kind of cycle that into our uh, cycle of things here, drives my behavior, right? I arrange my schedule to not work out at night. I try not to work out in the afternoon. It then, again, if that's my behavior, it reinforces the identity of a morning workout person, right? I am a morning workout person. This influences the words that I use around if I do have to work out at night, right? If I do have to work out in the afternoon, I don't want to do it. It is not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's not as I feel as though it's not as productive as in the morning, right? Whether that's true or not, I've had fabulous workouts at afternoon times too. But I start to tell myself this story and thus creating this revolving door of reinforcing my identity as a morning workout person. Now, this is a quite a productive identity, right? I rearrange my day. My workouts often get done in the morning. But with this recent schedule change, I have had to do this later in the day. I've had to work out at 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's completely challenged my identity as a morning workout person, right? Now, I'm still right in the habit of breaking it, but one thing that I've been very conscious of is the words that I've been using as I start to bargain with myself and say, oh, I don't need to work out at three. I could work out tomorrow instead. I could fit it in in the morning, right? Tomorrow turns into the next day. It has to be done. At a certain point, we have to break that identity and just do the things that need to be done. For a nutrition example, and perhaps a little bit more negative one, one thing that I've heard frequently, uh, recently, not recently, it's, it's been around, uh, I think kind of in the media, it's there as well, but I'm addicted to carbs or I'm addicted to X food. If it's around, I can't help but eat it, right? I can't stop myself. We tell ourselves these things and this then influences our identity. So when those foods are around, we tell ourselves you can't avoid it. You are unable to avoid this food, so you must eat it. When 
if we paused, we stopped, we thought about it, you can, but we are making an intentional choice not to. Now, that intentional choice is subconscious, right? We aren't even thinking about it in that moment because we formed this identity that started by telling ourselves, that started with words that have formed a story that told ourselves we can't avoid it. And it makes it so much harder to make the decision to avoid it when it's presented to us, right? We get stuck. These types of words, kind of this negative thinking, and we can talk on different types. That might be a, a longer, longer episode um, that we touch on. But these types of words that keep us stuck and trapped and feeling like we are doing the things but aren't getting anywhere. I know we touched on that in a most recent episode here as well. But it can create this identity of being the victim, right? It can be creating this identity of loss of control over our lives. I don't have control around food. I don't have control around my workouts. I am just the victim and subject to the world revolving around me. And that is a dangerous place to be. And we're going to tie this back to our words and how we can start breaking out of this. But that victim mentality, that victim place is very challenging because it's challenging you're in it and you don't even realize that we are in it. And we can be in it in some aspects of our lives and not in others, right? It can be, you know, as, as simple as something like, I am not a afternoon workout person. And it can be more complex than that. But when we lose the control over the round, the world around us, or perceive that we have lost the control over the world around us, we again reinforce this with the things that we tell ourselves. Right? We need to take back and by recognizing first step, hopefully this episode makes you think a little bit differently, right? And recognizing words like can't shouldn't, all of those kind of negative words, won't, don't, haven't. We need those negations, those negative kind of thoughts and words can start to allow us to recognize that we might be thinking in more of a victim mentality. Another thing we can start to recognize here is anytime we're projecting in using our words to blame something else, right? It's not your fault. It's the other person's fault. So they, he, she, right? Blaming the world around us. It's not my choice to work out in the afternoon. They, the way my schedule, right, the, is designed, I have to work out in the afternoon. That's not true. Right. But if I can tell, if I tell myself that multiple, multiple times, it allows me to release ownership over my schedule and just blame the world, blame the schedule around me. Right. And again, I'm, I'm using that. That is by no means the case. I, I recognize that I am very fortunate that I do have control over my schedule and I am in a fortunate position because there are times in life where we don't have control over our schedule. Right. There are times where we, it is a fact, it is a truth that your schedule is not your own, right? You have to rely on, you have to form your life around 
someone else or something else's schedule. That is true. But at the same point, taking back the ownership over the parts that we do have control over can be powerful, right? To use an example, a lot of times, draw back on our sleep example, oh, I can't go to bed early. I can't, right? When we say I can't, we reinforce the fact that we might not be able to. When in fact we can, but Netflix is often a more appealing choice or Hulu or choose your streaming service, right? And again, there are times in life having young children, right, is, is a major time in someone's life where your schedule is not your own. You might not be able to go to bed early, right? You might not be able to afford the luxury of sleeping in. But when we can, again, recognize areas where we have control, we can start to break out of this victim mentality that we can quite literally talk and speak ourselves into. We start to take back the ownership over the things that we do have control over and start to believe that we aren't the victims in the situation. We don't have lack of control, right? It may ebb and flow, but we have a lot more than we often think. Once we start to recognize this, and this is kind of getting into why this matters and how we can start to implement some of this, is we then gain back the intention over our actions, the intention behind our actions, and why we are doing what we are doing. To use the nutrition example, I've used this with people I've worked with in the past before as well. I'm all on board. If we make an intentional choice to say, I am absolutely going to enjoy an extra big slice of cake on my daughter's birthday. I am all on board with that, right? A-okay. Full support. Everybody's got a birthday, celebrations, right? One piece of cake is not going to ruin every bit of, in this case, fat loss progress, perhaps, that we might be looking to see. It's just not going to do that. Just like one salad or one vegetable isn't going to get us there either. But in the moments where it is, hey, I'm going to have this and then snack on this and then mindlessly graze here. And those start to become less intentional actions. That's where we have to stop and be able to recognize and say, okay, this isn't intentional right now. How can I pull back? Am I truly wanting to make this choice or am I just passively making a choice that may or may not suit my longer term goals, my future self in this case, right? So having some of that intention behind our actions can often come from just the words that we use, the stories we tell ourselves about what we are doing. Most importantly, I think here is the stories and the words we tell ourselves can create the truths within ourselves. Right? Whether those truths are in fact real truths or whether those are truths that we believe. And where this ties in, and we've talked about this a little bit in an episode previously, and I don't remember which one, but we talked about the importance of, it might have been the same one that I referenced earlier uh, in the intro to this, but 
where this is important is honesty, right? When we are honest with ourselves, we can be honest with other people. As you're listening to this episode, and you might recognize areas of your life in which you have a victim mindset or have noticed yourself using some of these negations and language around lack of control, and you might be in a position where you want to take back that control, you want to change things, but you're not sure how, you're not sure where to start. Oftentimes, a third party, kind of an objective outside view, is needed in this, right? And that can be a coach, that can be a therapist, that can be another professional, that might even also be talking to a friend, that might be talking to a significant other. Someone where you can express the situation that's happening in real life truth and allow someone else to offer a perspective that you might not have seen before. But if we are constantly telling ourselves the false narratives, we might not even recognize the real truth, the real life truth that is actually occurring, right? And I don't have a great example of this. Uh, perhaps one will, one will come to me. These are usually the points in the episode where I allow Jordan to chime in. But for today, as we're kind of thinking of this, right, we'll, we'll tie back to our addicted to food uh, episode or addicted to carbs example from before. If you tell yourself and then you express to someone else, I'm just addicted to carbs, right? We, we have adopted the identity of the addict, if you will. If you express that as a real life truth, another person might at face value just accept that and say, okay, that's just how it is, right? You then express that truth to someone else. They take it without questioning. And accept it. Somewhere along the way, it has to be questioned or we cannot break out of it, right? Someone has to be able to say, mm, is that the truth or is that just the story that we're telling ourselves? Now, again, aspects can be true, but aspects can be not. And the aspects that aren't, but we believe are true, are where we can change, where we can start to influence our decisions, right? We're no longer the addict that absolutely cannot help themselves. We are the person with the control to make an intentional choice around food. This honesty is crucial to figuring out what you can do, action step, to change, right? Is it we have to have less of certain foods around for a period of time? Is it I have to make a plan when I'm in these situations, how I will navigate and make the decisions ahead of time, right? That's a super easy, a simple, I should say, not an easy execution, but in the moment, it's very challenging to make the decision to do it. But if you have already decided before, you've removed the barrier, you know what the decision is, and you just have to execute on it. Workouts as well. It's very easy in the moment as the alarm goes off in the morning to bargain with ourselves and say like, oh no, I don't have to get up. I could push it for five minutes. I could push it for five minutes. And all of a sudden it's been 30 and now we don't have time to get in a workout. It's easy to argue with ourselves there. 
But if we have already made the decision the night before and told ourselves, the second my alarm goes off in the morning, I am getting up, my clothes are laid out, my route is picked out for my walk, my workout is already loaded on my app, I have an appointment somewhere, right? We've removed the barriers, we've made more decisions ahead of time that allow us to just execute them in the present moment. And all of that starts with words. It all starts with the stories that we tell ourselves and the identities that we've held as people and not only accepting those as truths, but allowing ourselves to question those. And perhaps questioning leads to, yes, that is the truth. Awesome. Then we've discovered something about ourselves and we've reinforced something about ourselves. But if it comes to something that's not true, right? If it's not then discovered as a truth, we can take the steps to change it in order to begin to implement and begin to bring into reality the truth that we want to see. To use my example, I don't love that I don't like working out in the afternoon. It would be very convenient to work out between 1 to 3 p.m. We hardly ever have people in the gym. The gym is empty. It's quiet. It's awesome. I would love if I could do that more. So one thing I've been very intentional about is, nope, when my workout is scheduled, I get up, I do it, I don't sit there and question it for 10 minutes, I don't sit and just do one more thing real quick. Nope, I'm up, I'm doing it, I'm done. There's no bargaining, it's just action, right? So taking a second and perhaps listening to this episode, I hope that you have recognized kind of areas in your life, I think they're all different, and they might not be fitness and nutrition related too, right? We like to deliver our surprisingly fresh takes on fitness and nutrition related topics, but it could be a life thing, right? What is one thing that you want to change? What is one area of your life where you've noticed you yourself using the can't, won't, not, don't, haven't, right? Shouldn't words that are keeping you stuck or trapped in a situation or in a behavior, in a pattern of habits that isn't serving you anymore. How can we start to change that, right? So what can we do? We can first start to recognize the language that we're using. We can start to recognize the power of our words and the power of the stories that we're telling ourselves as well as other people. That allows us to open the door for questioning. It allows us to open the door just like in a workout situation where personally I like to approach things as an experiment, right? We can always go back. But questioning the words we use, trying to use different words, trying to use words that are clear and direct and more powerful in terms of, oh no, I can. Do this. I will do this. I am a afternoon workout person. I can avoid the foods that aren't serving me in the long term, that aren't bringing me towards my goals. I used a lot of them there. I, me, my, right? Taking ownership over your actions, taking ownership over the choices that you make. It's not someone else, it's you. You are doing the things, right? And that can be good, that can be bad, right? We are giving ourselves credit for the wins too. 
I know this episode has been very much centered around kind of things to change, but a lot of things, if we pause to think as we kind of conclude here, we are probably doing a lot of things that are very good as well, right? I am very good at, I am adequate at this, I am able to fuel my body with vegetables and get in my workouts each week. Even if they aren't perfect, I have built a habit of doing that, right? And those are powerful identities. They are powerful in terms of allowing our body to have the evidence to make the more challenging choices. We're pennies in a bank, right? We're racking them up in in wins to provide evidence that you are capable of doing other things, right? And as with many of our episodes, taking action to change it is, is really the next step, the final step. We cannot just sit here and talk about it, right? Recognizing the language we're using isn't enough. We have to change how we are speaking in order to change our actions, right? To draw back to our uh, cycle from the beginning, words create the stories. That is the first step of our cycle is the words that we are using to tell ourselves the stories that will influence our beliefs, that drive our behavior, that create our identity, that once again influences the words we use. And while I could sit here and say, you have to change your identity, that sounds very large, daunting, perhaps impossible at times. But if I sit here and say, hey, in the next week, I want you to recognize something that you said you can't do, right? And ask yourself why. Why can't you do that? Why can't you learn to do that, right? And it might be something challenging and maybe you can't do it yet, but maybe you can. What if you could? Why can't you? Just taking that step to question can open up the door for opportunities and possibilities. We often just don't find the need to question it. We just move on with our days. I think that's almost all I have. I will leave you with a quote. Um, I recently listened to her podcast. I love uh, her book as well, but it is a very simple quote. It's also the title of the book, but everything is figureoutable from Marie Forleo. And pondering everything in life we do, we can figure out how to do, right? It's all figureoutable. And if we just try, if we're open to the possibility of changing something, right? Change is hard. We've talked about change on this podcast before. But if everything is figureoutable, we just need to find a way to figure out how to do it. Right. And that way might not look the same for you. It might not look the same for someone else. Just like as in a fat loss journey, your workouts might not look like this person's. Your nutritional intake might not look like another person's. Right. Everything is different. We just have to figure out how that works best for you. And again, I thought it fit nicely within this episode in terms of if everything is figureoutable, Just asking ourselves the question, why can't we do this? Why shouldn't I do this? 
why is this the truth, can open up the door for possibility of change, can open up the door to take actions, to create the results, to get the results, to create the life that we want to see. From a health and fitness side, from a life side, and everything in between. So a little bit longer of an episode than I actually initially anticipated, but I hope this helped you and kind of prompted you to think a little bit differently about the words that you're using specifically. And just that one thing, I encourage you this week to kind of take that, think on it, notice yourself using some of these words and either jotting it down or making a note in your phone, perhaps making that a point of thought uh, in a commute or as you're driving somewhere and start to kind of take some actions. How can we change these things, no matter how small they may be? All right, that's all I got for you guys. This was fun. I haven't recorded a solo episode of a podcast in quite some time, so I was happy to be here as always. Share this episode with someone who you think might benefit from it. Rate, like, share, subscribe, download, all of the things that helps us to grow. We thank you very much for sticking around through the end of this episode, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye, everybody.